Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome back to The Process, everybody. Week 11, episode 12. Let's talk about football. That's what we're here to do. It's your host, Ralph. Excited to be back with you. Been a little bit sick these days. Huddling through it. Getting through it. Gonna keep talking football. Can't talk football if you're dead, so took the week off last week. But here we are, guys, and we still did play last week. I played last week. We'll talk about how that went. We're going to do everything just the same because this is the process where we win, learn, scout, repeat. If you're new to the show, welcome to the process. If you're a repeat offender, love hard heads, welcome back to the process. We talking football, fantasy football, quick blips. What do I need to know? How can we win? Give me some names to win on these websites. Things like that. That's what we do here at the process. Very quickly, before we jump too far down the rabbit hole, for the new folks, how do we keep up with one another? A couple of ways you guys can find me, www.tigerbombsae.com. That's the Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment website. Every podcast we have has a page there. You can click on the process page. Listen to this podcast on that page. You can watch this podcast on the YouTube channel on that page, on the website, Catch the top five if you haven't been doing that. Maybe you are a uh, listener via uh, how you, however you listen to your apps, right? That's the other way you can catch us. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search for Sports Audio, Audio Entertainment. Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. This app will pop up. Or I'm sorry, this podcast will pop up. Ooh, two weeks off will do it to you, man. But yes, if you search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. And anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you'll probably find us. As I said, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that great stuff. You can like, subscribe, whatever, and then catch all the episodes of the process, all the episodes of the other podcasts that way too. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, cool, we can connect there. So, uh, the pro at the process TBSAE. Those are the ways to find us, and so. A lot of ways to listen and or watch the podcast, but now that we've got that established, we can switch back into what's most important, which is week 11. Uh, as I said, obviously, seasonal doesn't take a week off, so I was able to play those last week, uh, and we played DFS as well. So we'll talk about the positives, because it was positive. Um, sorry I wasn't able to uh, record those picks for you guys, but we still got to go over exactly what sort of uh, hit for me and uh, we'll get into this week with our usual segments usual episodes just like we always do maybe a little bit shortened reload segment this week but at that let's get it popping housekeeping housekeeping me fluff your pillow me fix your team Housekeeping. And here we are, just in time for housekeeping. So for this week, we'll try to keep it short and simple, but definitely some things to catch up on. Uh, so first of all, how do we do last week? Seasonal, let me just say, um, is a tough week. And I'm sure it was a tough week for a lot of you guys. If you're going off a lot of my preseason suggestions or rankings, then we probably had the same thing happen, which is a lot of our guys went down. I think I had one lineup where four guys went down, Ertz went down. Uh, and again, we're talking right to, um, last Sunday, right? So it's like Ertz went down. 
Um, Cup went down. I also couldn't play Hardman. You know, this is all in one lineup. We end up losing Goddard. We end up losing Judy, one play offensive play into the game. So this really was a scenario last week where you had to try to survive to get the W. And in so many instances, we're able to do it with collateral damage that we got to fix now. But in, the, in some other cases, we weren't able to do it. You know, the injury game in the NFL is crazy how they can just right up to the moment say a guy's going to play and then he doesn't or vice versa. Uh, admittedly, in my seasonal, I got caught waiting around for Zeke. And, you know, rule to the wise and when we're following the process, I waited around for Zeke. Now, I had Najee Harris on the bench. I had Pacheco on the bench. But I wanted to play Zeke. And Zeke's in a later game. And those guys are in the earlier game. So guess what happened? You guessed it. I didn't play them. And you guys saw Najee got 99 yards. I didn't play either one of them, him or Pacheco, who also had 82 yards. Fine day. So they both sat. And then Elliott couldn't go. So now you're looking at a blank, right? Now, what I'll say to that is we don't ever blank anything. So you got to keep trying. At that point, it's like, okay, find a bench spot. Let's pick up, you know, Boston Scott for Monday, hoping a prayer as a plan B. Plan A backup plan in this seasonal uh, league was making a trade, trying to secure a better running back still available for Monday. And uh, Robinson was on my opponent's team, so obviously knew he wasn't going to do that. But Gibson... So I go to the Gibson owner, who's in dire need of wide receivers, and I'm able to offer up uh, Miko Hardman last week, uh, which worked out fine. We get Gibson on the loaner, and uh, you know didn't quite didn't quite pull it out. But the point in telling you guys that is, you can't just mail it in. You know, people in the league messaging, oh, he's going to take a zero at the running back because he, he started the wrong guy. This nope, nope. It's the next man up. And we created a scenario where we got literally literally within 0.5 points from Gibson that we would have gotten from Najee. So, and it just costs us Hardman, who's not going to play again this week anyway. So, as we, you know, Hardman can't help me if I'm not in the playoffs, right? There's no point in holding on to a guy if we're sitting at home. We need to make the playoffs. And so, just an illustration of what I'm telling you guys, never give in. We fight all the way into the end. That's exactly what we mean. As far as DFS goes last week, again, apologize for not being able to get some picks out to you guys, but um, I did play myself, and, you know, the thing is, didn't win any tournaments, and I've had more success with the tournaments than the double-ups lately, but we did win the double-up. Now, one you know, one thing about it is, um, even with injuries, we were able to come back with uh, a good lineup, because I had Jerry Judy excuse me, in that lineup, and uh, he cost us uh, by getting that zero, um, and he was only 8% owned, so it really did cost us, but if we go and look at the rest of this, um, you know, Pat went with Pat Mahomes, just going with the short thing at quarterback, and so he had a fantastic day, we got 35 points from him, and uh, put him in the same lineup as Saquon Barkley, now Barkley was 46% owned, Pat Mahomes was only 15% owned, definitely not a lot of people having the both of them. That's a great 50-point separator out the gates, right? 50-plus point separator out the gates that, yes, is a little pricey, but we did some things to afford it. We went with Khalil Herbert. Didn't blank us. We only got five points. You expect more from him there. But Christian Kirk, uh, 
produced last week in the cash game lineup. 19% on, 34 points on DraftKings. Judy with the zero, like I said. But Donovan Peoples-Jones, I thought was a decent call. 14.9 points in the cash game lineup. We really needed a salary saver. The ironic part about that, though, is 66% of people in this contest had him. So I wasn't the only one thinking on that. Tyler Higby, uh, 15.3 points, 2% on, right? And so Jeff Wilson Jr., 13% on, 25 points in the flex. And then we had the Colts at 3% on at three three points for the defense, so they didn't kill us. But that's how we got there. That's how we you know made, made out to 159, almost 160 points, and we're going to do it again this week. So the other thing about it, too, is I've been playing – you know, like if I want to play a double up, it's like a hundred bucks double up, right? Or two hundred dollar double up, or whatever, right? Guys, <clears throat> what I'm going to suggest is we got to start playing like the five and ten dollar ones. Now you can total it up to two hundred or a hundred or whatever you want to do, or however much more you want, or however much less. But let's attack it that way. What I am seeing is up until this year, I was not sold that the higher you go in terms of entry to the game, like uh, price entry to the game, the higher you go. I was not sold that the competition gets harder. I was actually very much one of these people in the assumption that those people just have money to spend. They're not better players. And so I see no problems traditionally with saying, I'm, I want to do the $100 double up. That saves me, my lazy self, from having to go find all those contests um, all over the website to equal up 100 bucks. But what I'm saying is I think something's going on this year. Every time... I use the smaller amounts to total up what I want to do. I cash when I'm attacking just that one amount, like the $100 game. It's not working out as easily. So I I think the injuries like we've been talking about all year has some variance with that. But I just want to notice what has happened because, like we say, learn, scout, win, and repeat. So let's notice what happens. And from now on, do like I'm doing just – Tally it up with the smaller game. So only fives and tens for me this week, some threes in there. But I'll get to the dollar amount that I wanted to play in the double up. I'll just do it that way. That's a really good tip for this week as we move forward. And another thing I want you guys to think about is we talked about Najee Harris. We talked about Pacheco. Some of these guys that uh, people weren't so high on before that we've been holding on to are swinging back now for more relevance, especially Pacheco again this week with all the Kansas City receivers. But you guys have got to start thinking about how some of these teams, if they're going to be playoff teams, will play differently down the stretch. Do you guys really think if the Chiefs are in the playoffs and they have home field advantage that they're just going to keep slinging it with Mahomes all over the field and risk him getting hurt? No, you probably turn to something else. Maybe give the backup a shot if it's super secured already or at the very least become more of a run approach, right? And so... We've got the running back for that. So you guys have got to realize, as I do, we've got to realize together what's the situation to ditch versus what's the situation to hold on right now. Pacheco's a situation to hold on. Najee's a situation to hold on because we're starting to finally see where that's going. If you don't understand what's going on in Pittsburgh, you're never going to understand if you're looking at the results and listening to the talking heads to wait to explain it to you. Having T.J. Watt bat for the Steelers makes the dynamics of their team change because now the defense can get off the field on third down. This means the games can theoretically be closer. This means that they can run the ball more if the game's closer, even if the run game isn't that great. They will either be playing from a neutral game script more 
or a winning game script more because the defense is better. And so if those are the scenarios that are occurring, then they're running the ball more. So it makes sense to positively forecast more run for Najee. Or if the defense causes a short short field turnover, there you have yourself a t- maybe a nice touchdown opportunity in the goal line area. So these are the conceptual ways that one player's return to a team or exit from a team will ultimately change perception-wise what we think about how this whole group will play, you know? We have to watch for Chase Young next week. The commanders aren't going to um, uh, uh, activate him this week, but when he comes back, then that's a defense that they're not a bad defense, as the Eagles found out last week. But there's a little bit more to them once you have Chase Young as well, in addition to everything else that they're doing. So this is our housekeeping for this week in terms of how we move forward. And the last thing about it is trades. I'm just going to say this one more time. Most leagues with trades, the trades are for suckers. People are trying to take advantage of people or hopefully not getting taken advantage of by themselves. (coughs) But I'm going to tell you guys this after I take a sip of this coffee. You get no sympathy from me if you want to play the game with trades. If you're out there fleecing whoever's in your league to get over on them to win, that's on you to live through at night, not us. It's a cheap way to do things, but these people are out there. You've got to be wise enough to you know, say no to these deals or understand the dynamics or the danger in it. And if you see this stuff going on in your league, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't force some other owner uh, to think the way that you think, but just know that if you're in a league where people where there's a lot of trading going on and you can see that there's an advantage to be had, then you need to get in on that too or you're going to lose, basically. You can't keep the same team if they all won't do it. On the other hand, if you're in a league where you've got some injuries, you thought your team was great, you didn't want to listen to, to trades before, and now all of a sudden your cup is gone, your chase is gone, oh me, oh my, don't come to me and say, hey, do you want this injured guy? You want to give me one of your stars right now for this injured guy? Make me an offer. Why would I make you a Christmas offer? What is the point in me making you a Christmas gift offer to save your ass when you could be actively making deals, right? Like this is the mindset of somebody who does not understand what they're doing. I need to get out of this scenario but I don't even know how to trade. So I'm text so the guy is texting people in the league on the side. Do you want this player? Send me an offer for this player. What are you talking about? If you want to trade him, get your fingers in the app, open up the stupid app, send the trade to somebody that makes sense and maybe that'll accept it. But you don't come, you know, like uh was the please sir, may I have some more? Nobody's no sympathy for me. We're not here. To rescue anybody's team. Y'all understand me? And if somebody tries to take advantage of you, then you, you they're fair game, right? You can take advantage of them back. We can do it in different ways, though. We can do it in different ways. Look ahead. Two, three weeks. You know you're going to face that person. Get the ancillary pieces to his quarterback now. Or whatever you need to do. Because we're coming up to the point where the season's almost over. Winners win, 
Losers whine about their best. We want to be on the first side of that fence, regardless of how everybody else played it. All right, that's our housekeeping for the week. That house should be clean. Let's keep it that way. Let's play a round of Would You Rather. Rather. Talk about Would We Rather. Let's get into that a little bit. You guys know about 12, you know, 12 conundrums or so for this week. So let's get into it. First off, Gus Edwards or Nico Collins. Gus Edwards um, did not practice every day this week. I know they're trying to get him back, but... They've been so, you know, careful with these running backs. You know, he's missed some practice already. I don't see them rushing him back just to play him when Drake has been sufficient enough. I think Kenyon Drake gets more run this week. And Nico Collins, I think, is certainly a part of the offense along with uh, Cooks and to a less extent Chris Moore for Houston that can be viable uh, in that offense, they're knocking on the door of a decent game for those guys. And so I, I'm just worried Ed- Edwards is going to be on account if he's out there at all. I'll go Nico Collins if this is a flex question. All right, this week, Najee Harris or George Pickens. Just like we talked about in the housekeeping there, the profile of the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they play these games are going to change. This is going to be a closer game than people think against the Bengals. This is going to be a closer football game. But I will take Najee Harris here. The Bengals are pretty stout nowadays against the past. I think George Pickens um, probably has a tougher day than Najee by a bunch. I would easily take Najee there. Jamal Williams or Darnell Mooney. I would uh, sincerely take Williams over Mooney because, you know, you would say, oh, well, Fields has a chance to do well. Fields doing well doesn't mean Mooney's going to do well. Fields could almost run for 200 yards. You know, and pass for 100 bucks and still be fine. I feel like Komet is the wide receiver one nowadays. So, probably fade Mooney a little bit. I would go Jamal Williams here. He's still the goal line back. I mean, Swift might run around, but Williams gets the touches in, in the green zone when it matters. Okay, Dante Foreman, Dante Foreman or Rondell Moore. You know, you've got, uh, I don't think that Hollywood Brown is going to play this week, but he's available to come back off IR. I think Rondell Moore can have a, uh, decent role for at least one more week. Problem being, uh, San Francisco is uh, fairly decent uh, in terms of the secondary. So I think it's a tougher day for more than it is for Foreman. Uh, because while the Carolina Panthers might not win their football game, I think he can have some success trying to run the football um at Baltimore versus passing on them, honestly. So I would go with Foreman here, um, feeling more secure and what's probably not a great matchup for either. Okay, Cordell Patterson or Cortland Sutton? I would go Cordell Patterson. Um, you know, I'm not going to play him in DFS this week, but he's in a good spot from the running back position against the Bears who give it up on the ground. Patterson is also a former Bear if you're into that revenge thing. Sutton can't be trusted because uh, Russ Wilson can't be trusted. We saw, we thought no Judy last week would help Sutton. And, you know, Virgil, the, the rookie, was able to step up more. And I have more interest in him in DFS, honestly. I'll go Patterson. Uh, would you rather DJ Moore or DeAndre Swift this week? I'll say Swift. DJ Moore is getting a downgrade. There's no PJ Walker. He's got to go back to Baker. It's going to be a tough week anyway in a game that I don't think they have a chance of winning against Baltimore. I'm going to say Swift here. Brian Robinson Jr. or Joshua Palmer. 
Um, the wide receiver room is getting healthier for the Chargers. We could have um, everybody out there to some degree. You know they got to be motivated to play against a Kansas City team. But uh, I will take Brian Robinson in the clutch matchup against Houston. We saw, you know, Washington very readily willing to just run him against the Eagles. This is a much easier matchup, and he was the lead back. So one plus one is two. Tony Pollard or Kadarius Tony? Uh, Tony should definitely get some reps this week. I would pick him just because uh, as far as Pollard goes, we know Zeke Elliott saying he's going to play. He should come back this week. Then they're back in a timeshare. Tony, on the other hand, is like last man standing out there. There's not a lot of healthy wide receivers for Kansas City. So I do think that he can be viable for sure. And then... uh, Oh, Mar- Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I would say probably uh, MVS here. Um, if he were to play, he's clear. I-, I think he got cleared. He's cleared. He's going to play. Um, so I would say MVS uh, probably should be looked at over Elijah, who's just going to be back up right now to CMC. Cortland Sutton or David Montgomery Montgomery this week. David Montgomery for the Bears is in a good spot. And then Darnell Mooney or Brian, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson by a mile. Darius Slayton or Elijah Mitchell. Slayton. The Giants are in a good spot. Danny Dimes is in a good spot. Wendell Robinson, I'm not so much uh, interested in this week. But Darius Slayton has had um, two double-digit um, um Two double-digit fantasy point games in a row, and this is an easier matchup than they've been having. So I very much like Darius Slayton. If you got to use him this week, you should feel really good about that. Those are my would you rather's for football for week eleven. Uh, hopefully, you guys feel a little bit better about what you got to do, and uh, hopefully, I help get you there. And now it's time for the process to reload. Time for that part of the week where we are going to reload and get into all of our football action for this week. Go a little bit quicker than we usually would, but we're going to get through it all the same. We want to talk about Thursday night really quickly to start us off. We had the uh, Tennessee Titans visiting the Green Bay Packers, and they, they quote-unquote upset the Packers. Is that really an upset? The Packers haven't been a great team this year, and um, they ran into a good team with a good running back. Derrick Henry in the wintertime is not a fun tackle. That's not a fun ask. And Tennessee, you know, they get rolling as he gets rolling. He gets stronger as the year goes on. This is a, you know, prime time of the season for them as they try to make their playoff push. And so they leaned on their guy, and Green Bay didn't really have much for them. Um, Watson again catching those touchdown passes. If you look at the usage, though, it's just you know those lucky catches there because everybody else is. I'm not gonna say lucky, but it's not like he's running up and down the field, right? He didn't get 13 targets or anything like that, right? So just keep that in mind when you think about going off about how he's the number one. Like that's not it, right? Like Lazard is seeing a lot of targets, um, and he did do something at least uh, in that game. But Green Bay, you know probably looking out on the playoffs. I mean, this is not a good football team. Uh, but Tennessee, um, despite stumbling early, back on track. Reload. On the Sunday, Chicago visiting Atlanta. You know, I you know Fields, I can't do it on DK, $7,600. That's a lot of money. The upside to him was paying down. 
Uh, it's not that he couldn't do it, but I just think that there's less of a chance that he does it on the road. He's on the road now. Atlanta's not been a terrible football team. Uh, the Bears can't stop the run. I think Cordell Patterson has a decent day on the ground. You know, passing, you would think Mariota should be in a good spot. I just don't think they'll have to do much of that, though. I ultimately think that the Bears are in a good spot to run the ball, though, Montgomery, and that should provide some alleviation for field so they can use some play action down the field. I like Komet as well. That's the leading receiver, as I said in the last segment over Mooney, I think now. So it'll be Fields doing all he can. Montgomery getting more, most of the touch because Khalil Herbert's out now. But, you know, he will have help back there toting the rock. He won't get 100% of the touches. I wouldn't invest in anybody else, though, but it's mostly his. So he'll tote the rock to take some pressure off Fields. Komet will likely catch a few passes. Everything else is, you know, I wouldn't bet on it um, as far as Chicago goes. But Atlanta... If they win this football game, they're 5-6, and six, and they're in it as far as their division goes. They are a better team than the Chicago Bears. I know the Bears have been able to run all over everybody, but I do think that um, this is a winnable game for Atlanta. Don't go crazy with London, though. I just I don't think you need to get there. I think that they just play decent defense. So you can play their defense if you want to. I don't care. Um, they play decent, decent defense and get you know, what they want on the ground. They've been able to control games. I think that they won't have any problems doing that at home. But this should be a fun football game. I just don't think Fields running around all over the place is going to work um, here on the road. Reload. Carolina at Baltimore. You know, Dante Foreman, that's about the only thing I'm looking at on the Carolina side. As I said, Baker's going to be quarterbacking for P.J. who's sitting out. I don't love it. Baltimore defense in a good spot. Uh you know, Jackson, Lamar Jackson in a good spot. Uh, I do like Drake over any of the other backs. Gus Edwards um, possibly going to be out there, but I am, you know, who knows what we're going to see from him in terms of if he's going to be on a, um, you know, a pitch count or what have you. So I will say, uh, you know, as far as Andrews goes, he might play. If he, you know, if he plays, obviously the downside for likely goes you know, increases. Um, but if he doesn't play, then likely gets all the, you know, most of the rep at tight end. I will say it's a tough matchup at tight end either way. So we like Devin Duvernay this week. That's the receiver that'll bail out Jackson anytime he doesn't want to run it or it's not like a design run. But they should win that football game handily. Reload at Cleveland at Buffalo. Really at Detroit. All that snow in Buffalo scared off the NFL. They made the wise choice. Let's get out of Dodge. And play this one somewhere else. So they'll go and play it inside in Detroit. Now, Buffalo still trying to get out of Buffalo, guys. They Last we know, and this is Sunday, Saturday afternoon now, they haven't got out there yet. They're hoping to get out late because it's just been snowing and snowing and snowing. They haven't been cleared to get out. A lot of player personnel, people running around today trying to get players to the airport. Um, but the point is they're going to show up and basically play football right away. Is, is how it's going to go. Cleveland, much more uh, at an advantage from that perspective. But Buffalo's a better team. Singletary is in a good spot to run the football on Sunday. Diggs, I don't think, can be contained. But outside of that, Cleveland's not a bad defense. And so I don't think that Allen goes crazy throwing all over it. You know, he's not going to get, you know, Gabriel and McKinley. All these guys aren't going off. I think Diggs could. And that's the only guy I'd be worried about. But, um, Everybody else, you know, pretty 
regular, you know, you know, I don't think anybody else is getting more than 50 yards is what I would say. Um, Allen, though, could take off and run. Singletary can run. Diggs can catch the ball. Those are the th- things that I would be worried about as Cleveland um, because Allen's his level of play has been lower recently, and so I just think that the chance that he can tap into the high upside of everyone on the team seems a lot less likely based on what we've seen over the past couple of uh, weeks from him. Um, although it should be another week of getting the elbow more healthy or feeling better, I should say. He's going to have to keep playing through pain, but hopefully it's feeling better. On the Cleveland side of things, Buffalo's a tough defense. They, they're they tough against the run. They're tough against the pass. Probably a e- little easier to run. You got to expect a lot of Chubb. You got to challenge them up the middle and really see if they're committed to tackling him. That would be the game plan. I like Hunt as well. I think you can use both backs to help out Jacoby Brissett here. Uh, I do like Cleveland to do that uh, as far as the passing game goes. I'm not expecting much, though. I just It's such a tough matchup for them. I don't think they win this football game. They can keep it close because of the adversity Buffalo faces. But in the end, Buffalo has too much talent to lose this football game. Uh, Cleveland is really going to be staring down the barrel of 3-7, and seven, which isn't the end of the world because they could still have a 10-win season to make the playoffs because Deshaun Watson is back next week. But life is sure going to be tough this week as they try to get try to get this one before he comes. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, as I said, if you got Chubb, feel great about that. If you got Hunt, feel great about that. Passes out the backfield. Don't need that to keep up or catch up in the game. They'll lose on the road. Reload. Washington Commanders fresh off their victory of the Eagles, their Super Bowl victory. You know, they got the they they got Heineke wearing all the chains and they're all drinking and stuff. They look like fools because they finally won the Eagles, or won against the Eagles once out of like a million times uh, in a game that, you know, nine times out of ten they would lose. But fine, you guys want to celebrate like that, you go right ahead. I think they, they need to remember that they are five and five. Barely 5-5, five and five, and Heineke's the quarterback. So there's some serious limitations here. However, this is a winnable game against Houston. They're coming into Houston, and McLaurin should have a decent day. Derek Stingley Jr. is probably not going to play. So his matchup, uh, while winnable before, is certainly winnable now. There's not a lot of secondary pieces that Houston has that should match up, and Heineke has shown the willingness to get the ball to McLaurin. So... That looks good from a cash game perspective. We love that soft $5,900 price. That's going to make a lot of things tick in our world uh, in DFS this week. So we feel great about that. Uh, Dotson's back for sure, um, but not really sure how much run he's going to get. He wasn't out there for many plays last week. It should be more this week. But if you guys remember, he wasn't burning up the, the play count when he was uh, having more success at the beginning of the year, it was more like what Watson is doing, right? Christian Watson from the Packers, where it's like just everything he catches is a touchdown, even though it's a low volume, that sort of a deal. So tournament thing, if you want to, sure. But I think really the only thing you can say is McLaurin, because then commanders can lean on the run game. Houston is the worst team in the National Football League against the run. Brian Robinson just ran all over the Eagles. Do the math, guys. They're going to run with him. And Gibson, they'll use him as well. Sprinkle him in a little. More than enough firepower between those two to keep the game moving. And then when you want to, like I said, you can hit McLaurin. Their defense should continue to play well. On the Houston side of things, um, it's going to be a little bit of a tougher matchup for Pierce. But he could have a 50-75 to yard day for sure. But uh, I just don't see him 
running wild all over the place. As far as the Houston pass games goes, I think, you know, Cooks is definitely in play. I feel very solid about uh, Mills being able to get the ball to him. And then some of those other ancillary pieces, um, if you want to take shots, that's fine. But I'm not committed there. Um, in a game that I just don't think that Houston is going to win, Washington should win this one on the road, anchored by the run game and defense. And they'll get Chase Young back next week. Reload. Philly on the road against Indy. Look, they got beat because they couldn't stop the run. We've known all year, we've said on this podcast before, that is the softer way to attack them. So they went out and signed Linval Joseph, I believe, along with Indomitian Sue. So no more run up. No more run up the middle against those guys. The funny thing about it is for why they sign those players, you don't need to. It's not about learning the playbook or whatever, right? It's not that. They're just clogging the middle and stopping the run. And they already know how to do that. So immediately could be effective. I think that's a downgrade for Taylor this week for sure. A lot of people aren't thinking that way. They're just seeing what they saw last week and thinking, okay, let's go with Taylor. Pretty pricey on DK. I'll stay away from there. If you got him in seasonal, of course, play him. But uh, I, I don't see it working out as fantastically as you might hope. I do, however, uh, think that uh, Indy's going to have some struggles because of that. They won't be able to establish the run. So things will be a little tougher through the air. Philadelphia, not a great team to try to pass on. Matt Ryan's going to be under pressure. He's going to make some silly turnovers because of that pressure, for sure. Um, you know, is there any receiver I'm looking for there? No, not really. I'm out on that. The Philly defense, I have more interest in them. Uh, you could definitely play Jalen Hurts for sure. Everything is going to run through him. Uh, but outside of that, AJ Brown, less high on him because uh, Stefan Gilmore matchup. I mean, could he beat him? Sure, he's a talented guy. But why poke that hornet's nest if we don't need to? Unless it's seasonal, play him and feel great about it for DFS. I probably stay away. But Devontae Smith, though, on the other hand, that guy should have himself a great game. This is going to be the piece that steps up now that you have uh, uh, Goddard injured, right? So he's taking a step. So he's not in the offense anymore. He was really eating into a lot of the production from Devont of Devontae Smith. Now Smith can get that back. Additionally, is the Philly inside, and we know Smith has a thing about the, the fingers and the hands and being cold, so we won't have to worry about that this week. I really like him to shine here. Um, additionally, Stoll is going to probably take over for Goddard now, and I do think that he can be effective, but their roles in the offense switch. I think the order of importance, Devontae Smith moves up over Stoll, but then Stoll goes to where Smith was before. So, you know, if you're thinking of what sort of production can we expect from Stoll, look at what you were getting weeks one through four from Devontae Smith. And I would say not exactly parallel, right? Like different positions, but this is what we're talking about. Philadelphia is going to win that game, though. Miles Sanders don't have a problem there. I, I, I honestly don't have a problem with that. I think uh, of the runners, he can, you know, 50 to 75 yards. He won't light the world on fire, though, because there's so many ways that Philadelphia should be able to win this game. Reload. New England at the Jets. Oh, I'm sorry, the Jets at New England. Look, these teams are the same. I feel like these teams are the same. They're built to, They're built the same. Uh, you know, committee kind of running back, but one guy's kind of leading it. Stout defense. You're not. Get, we're gonna, you know, provide some pressure. Uh, we're gonna be good against the pass. Fairly good against the run. They're playing the same way, and I think that New England will win this one because they are at home. Now the Jets have been tough all year, so it's not gonna be easy. I'm expecting a defensive sort of a battle here. I I don't care if you want to play either one of these defenses because the Jets are gonna be able to rattle um, New England. 
You know, I, I just think that as far as, uh, as as far as quarterback play goes, I can't see. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, I can't see Mac Jones uh, beating them more than he beats more than they beat him, or beating them more than they beat him. Sorry, that was confusing, but. I think, you know, Nelson Aguilar, probably his number one guy or whatever, or, or Myers, I should say, his number one guy. I don't think he has a chance to get the ball to him. I'm not worried about the rest of those receivers either. Ramon Stevenson is a guy that I would have more interest in. Harris probably plays for sure, gets some run. But Stevenson pounding the rock, I think that's established. We can look there. Um, it, it, so that leads the way for me for New England, the run game and the defense and hoping on a mistake that the quarterback can make. In terms of uh, Zach Wilson, on the other side of things for the Jets, it's the same thing. Uh, you know, Wilson is not going to set the world on fire against this New England secondary. Can he enable a guy or two? Possibly, but I think the least path of resistance is on the ground. And so, again, we're looking at, you know, can the Jets establish the run? We haven't really seen um, a, a you know a a big amount of success. Uh, since they had Brees Hall go down. Uh, but we'll have to see if the Jets can turn it around this week. They are still trying to obviously uh, implement into what they're doing. They're, uh, the running back that they traded from, I'm blanking on him, from Jacksonville, um, James Robinson. Sorry about that. So you can go there if you want to, but I just, I, me personally, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it because I'm starting to think that the injuries have been racking up. They're injured on the O-line. Um, they've been some injuries on defense, too. This is why I say New England is probably slightly a little bit better at this point. Now, the Jets did have some time to kind of get it together, right? So, bye week or whatever. But ultimately, this is going to be a tough one on the road. New England should be ready for them. And I think this is a winnable game, but I cannot stress enough how much these teams look very much same like. So you could play Brian Robinson if you want to, um, you know, play the Jets defense. But outside of that, I, I'm not interested much else over there in a game that New England wins. Reload. Rams on the road to visit New Orleans. This one should be a, a defensive game, too, I believe. New Orleans Saints defense. Not going to provide a lot of pressure. Stafford's going to play, but they'll sit back there and pick them apart. I think whether Lattimore plays or not irrelevant. Rams haven't had a lot of success passing the ball. You're not going to have Cooper Cup. So you've got guys like Skoronek out there. I know a lot of people are probably looking at Allen Robinson this week. Of all the guys, I think Van Jefferson is the one that I would be most interested in. That's the only guy I can see getting activated. Um, but Tyler Higby, probably much more interesting than him. And then the running game. New Orleans is begging to be ran on. They're begging to be ran on. So if the Rams want to do something, establish the run. Now, I don't know if they would, and I don't know if it would be Akers or Henderson or Cairo. I don't know. And for DFS, I'm going to have one lineup with Akers and Henderson in it as the running backs because the opportunity to run is too juicy here. You have to do it. You have to do it. So we have to take that chance. They're going to lose that football game if they don't. Their defense, the Rams is pretty good. As far as their secondary goes, I don't care who's playing quarterback, whether it's James Winston or Dalton, they're not going to have the opportunity to activate these guys here against the Rams. Olave should see a lot of attention. I do believe Jarvis Landry can come back. He's coming back. I think he could have more success this week than anything else. Ultimately, a tougher game for Kamara as well, but catching passes could possibly help 
save his value and what's going to be a tough matchup for them. This one is going to be closer than most people think, but I do think the Rams can go on the road and win it, but just don't get overly invested. These are not two great football teams right now, and uh, Stafford hopefully going to play better, but that remains to be seen. So that's where that one is. Reload. Detroit on the road against the Giants. I think this is too tough of an environment for golf, honestly. I know he didn't play terribly against the Bears on the road, but um, this is different. The Giants are a good football team. I think he's going to have his hands full, so you lean on the run a little more. And I think you play both, Swift and Williams, because Swift can run up and down the field. Um, I think there's a better path to them doing that than passing against the Giants. Dory Jackson, you know, probably going to be a handful for Detroit. They're not particularly 100% a wide receiver. Amon Brown is probably going to see some um, go from him, but they but they play man on the outside anyway. I just don't think it's a great matchup for Detroit. Uh, but in terms of running the football, sure, you could do that. I think that's a little bit easier. But uh, the Giants should win this football game. It'll be led by their defense, making golf, make some mistake late probably. I could see that happening. But uh, ultimately, Saquon Barkley should lead the way for them. Darius Slayton, I'm much more interested in than uh, Wendell Robinson. Slayton, I believe, can have a great opportunity if if Detroit's going to show more attention to Wendell Robinson. They can't stop anybody anyway. Detroit, you can run on them. You can pass on them. Really, Daniel Jones is in play. You want to play him naked, that's great. Don't attach him to any of those um, wide receivers for fear of who's not going to do it that's fine but like i said slayton if one of them but i do like danny dimes and i do think that on dfs it's worth it putting him in a lineup with saquon barkley and then his price can mitigate the price of saquon barkley and balance things out there and you can build an awesome lineup around everything else you want to on sunday that's a really good idea for a game that they're going to win do not be afraid to play the giants defense against the detroit lions who traditionally underperform on the road they just won on the road for like the first time ever under this regime, and they just traditionally haven't had a lot of success doing it over the past couple of years. We're going to say the Giants get back to their winning ways this weekend at home. Reload. Vegas on the road at Denver. The last time these two teams played, Jacobs ran all over Denver because you can't really pass on Denver. It's a little harder to pass. You should see Patrick Sertain go hand-to-hand combat with Devontae Adams, and I think that'll really negate him. So, I'm, you know, can Adams still have a decent day? Yeah, but I'm probably not be- taking that to the bank, though. And so you'd have to look and see where else would Vegas be able to go. Foster Moreau standing around the end zone. I like him as an end zone target. Um, last week they showed a willingness to get him involved at several parts of the field, so that looks good. But again, Jacobs getting the ball to him, and I do think that Denver will be much more ready to stop the run. I don't think they'll stop the run, but they'll be much more inclined to uh, put up a better fight this week is what I think. Vegas isn't a great team. They're not playing great right now, but they should lean on the run this week and see if Denver can stop it. Denver is also not a great team. They're a little depleted as well. No Jerry Judy means I think that I think he's their number one. I think he makes everything work. So without him, you're relying on Sutton. I just can't see it. I can't see it. Not Last week it should have been. This is a, about the same matchup, if not a little worse. I just can't see it. I don't want to trust in Russ and Sutton. It's iffy. But I do want to take a chance in DFS World on Virgil at wide receiver, who uh, looked like he was coming, up, coming around last week better than Sutton. 
Denver's run game should be in a decent place. So Melvin Gordon, if any of these guys, I know it's not sexy, sounds disgusting saying it, but you know this is what you're looking at is a scenario where you have two inept offenses. The Denver defense should be pretty decent. I think they can actually create a short field turnover scenario where Denver can actually have a little bit of an easier chance to run one in or kick a couple field goals. So I'm going to say uh, I'll take Denver because they're at home, but Vegas does not want to go to two and eight. So they're going to, they're going to do everything that they can to get there. I think you have to like Mac Hollins a little bit more today, especially with uh, any news about um, any of the other wide receivers sitting for the Raiders. So, you know, but maybe mostly just Jacobs. Uh, I think that they're going to, you know, Jacobs, I do think that Carr, Adams, all these guys I don't think get flushed, but they don't go nuclear, and that's why they lose that game. So could you play them? Sure, I, don't, I think there's points there, but I don't see those guys going nuclear. If any of them did, it would be Jacobs. And on the Denver side, they could win, but it's going to be a Denver win where they just like happenstance into it. I don't think it's because any one person just – you know, went off and had this crazy day. The guy that would do it would be Jerry Judy, and I don't think he's going to play or be healthy enough to do that. Reload. Dallas at Minnesota. Minnesota coming off a big win last week, and they're at home against Dallas now. Dallas coming off a big loss last week. They really wanted that one, so they're going to be real incentivized to come back and bounce back and get a W here on the road again. I really like Dak Prescott this week. I, I you know, I think Dallas defense can provide a lot of pressure. Cousins is not going to look great under that pressure. I like Dalvin Cook, though. I think they can rely on the run. I think that's the better way to attack the Dallas defense. In fact, love Dalvin Cook in the cash game lineup this week. That's where the offense needs to go through. Getting the ball into his hands on screen passes, short, quick passes. That's where the offense needs to go if they're going to have a chance. Nobody can stop Justin Jefferson, but it's going to be a tougher matchup for him this week. You'll see a bunch of digs, but it's Justin Jefferson. So y'all have already seen last week what this man can accomplish. Thielen, I think, is in you know a little bit for a tougher day um, as far as uh, Hawkinson goes. He could you know he could have forty yards, five catches, forty yards. I, I could see that, but mostly it's going to be about Dalvin Cook. Now I do happen to think that this is a game Minnesota loses. I think this is a letdown game for them. They've been riding so high. Uh, you know the offense has been playing well. Cousins has been playing well. But I do think the Dallas defense ruffles his feathers here. And I do believe that uh, they have to rely on Cook to keep them in it. But I do see Dak doing well. I see Lamb doing really well against this Minnesota secondary. I'm not worried about Peterson. We're not worried about that. Schultz at tight end, I see him doing well. And Dallas should run the ball enough to keep Minnesota honest. And so you've got Pollard. You're getting Zeke back. You know, run those guys into the wall all you want to, to to keep Minnesota honest. But they've got a better chance because of their defense of going on the road and winning this one. So I'm going to take Dallas in the upset. But I really do, again, like Cook. Everybody's going to be focused on Jefferson. Let's play Cook in DFS. Let's zag when they zig. And let's definitely play Lamb. And let's definitely play Zach, Dak in a game that I think that they're going to win on the road. Reload. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Explained earlier. I think it's going to be a tougher game than most people think. Pittsburgh coming to play at home here. They're not ready to give up this uh, division. They're not ready to roll over and play dead. They want to keep fighting with the best of them. And so we talked about how getting T.J. Watt back changes the landscape of how this team can play. They're going to get more pressure on Burrow. We've seen Burrow react 
poorly earlier in the year to this, right? The offensive line, not great. We've seen them react poorly to pressure too. I think Pittsburgh, we look at the statistics and numbers. This is the thing that will kill you this week if you're doing that because you're going to think that they are one team that they are not anymore. They will play better against the pass because teams will have less seconds to get the ball off now. Burrow will have to ditch it early. Uh, so I do like Hurst more this week. There is still no chase. I'm out on Higgins and Boyd. I think that Mixon is the path to victory for them. Run the football against this team. I know uh, they've not been uh, uh, they've been pretty good against the run, but again, it becomes this balance thing. You're playing the pass better. You're gonna have to have some give if you're rushing more. So I think that you run right up the middle. I really like him this week, Mixon. I don't think people are going to be thinking about that, but that's where we go to keep them in this game. And then for the Pittsburgh side, Najee can have more of a game like last week, I think, for sure. That's a great indicator of what he can do again this week as the offense has more time thanks to the defense. Is the offense going to be spectacular? No, I don't think that the passing game is in a great spot against Cincinnati, and they provide a bit of pressure too. So Pittsburgh's going to have to get the ball out. So we like the quick passes out to Najee. We like Fryermuth. We like everything around the line of scrimmage that they want to do. But uh, I'm not banking on the pass game. You can bank on, you know, you can go with the runners if you need to for sure. But the most um, sure things that I have in this game are probably uh, Mixon and Hurst above everything else. I think Pittsburgh's going to win this game, though. I'm going to take them in the upset at home against what people are saying is a better Cincinnati team. Because Watt is that big of a, of a change in complexion. Reload. Sunday night, Kansas City playing the Chargers. The Chargers are getting the wide receivers back, and these guys will be able to play with Kansas City. So any of those guys you got in seasonal, go ahead and play them if they're playing. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, load them up, right? Like these guys will be fine if they're out there. But it's all about Eckler. I think Eckler has a lot of value as well, especially if anybody continues to miss, then his value's improved. Um, Kansas City, obviously not great against the run, but it's because they don't necessarily, like, care, right? Like, it's like you can't – like, they they have good run numbers, but it's like because you can't run against them because they throw you out the building with the pass. What I'm saying is they are down and depleted in Kansas City on their receivers this week, so they might have to play slower. If they're doing that, then I think Eckler has a better chance to be productive this week. So I really do like him, whether it be receiving or running. Herbert, I think, can have a fine game. He's got his complements of weapons back. Kansas City is Kansas City, so Mahomes is going to make a run. I like both running backs. I like Pacheco and I like McKinnon. They have to use McKinnon because he catches balls, and he's been – you know, catching a lot of pass. He was very good last week as a receiver. They don't have a lot of guys they can go to, so they might as well go to him. And uh, I like that. Kelsey's obviously always in play, but we know we're not getting Miko Harmon. We know there's no Juju, right? These guys are sitting. So you got MVS, you got Tony, and, um, you know, your Sky Moores or whoever. But like I said, I'm not going crazy with those guys. I think the running backs are more propelled here especially against this Charger team that can be run on. Like, take the least path to resistance. Uh, passing against them is the harder thing to do. So, again, I like this idea that you see McKinnon and you see Pacheco and Kansas City maybe, you know, zags a little to control this one. But they're a better football team. I do believe that they can uh, find a way to win this one. But I'm going to say the injuries catch up to them. And we're going to take the Chargers in the upset at home Sunday night. 
to win this one. This would get them to six and four and kind of they can start turning the ship around, riding it if they're to make the playoffs. And then our final shots so will make it a good one. We'll make this final reload. San Francisco at Arizona on Monday. So they're saying Kyler is a game-time decision. Arizona is going to lose this game if he doesn't play. Let's assume he plays. Going against San Francisco, still a tough matchup. You could play Hopkins outside of that. You know, I don't think that Hollywood Brown is going to play, even though he can be activated. So, you know, Rondell Moore is still viable. Uh, you no longer have um, Ertz anymore, but McBride, Trey McBride, probably a decent replacement for Ertz. I like that. You can look to him in this game if you really need to on Monday night. Um, but I don't think he sets the world on fire, but he can have a few catches. Uh, we do like the opportunity of getting Connor more involved. They'll have to continue to try to do that um, if they want to have a well-rounded team that takes some pressure off of Kyler. You know, that's how you do it. So Connor uh, getting the run, we like that. But Kyler Murray running around doing his thing is the only thing that could keep them in check here. I actually don't think that San Francisco would win this football game if Kyler Murray plays. Um, I think him, Hopkins, Connor together, it's enough. Um, he can hit the ancillary pieces or take off as necessary. San Francisco, for their part, though, they are going to be tough, though. The, CMC is the path to victory. I would run if I were them. I would run, pass to him. That's the way you want to go. Um, but he's in play. Debo Samuel's in play. Garoppolo's in play. Kittle's in play. Um, obviously, if, if Kyler Murray sits... Then they lose. San Francisco wins. I think either way, actually, I'll take San Francisco. Even if Murray plays, let's say San Francisco, just because Arizona defense isn't that great. I think San Fran can um, Shanahan can scheme it up any way that he wants to. So I like that. Uh, we'll say that, right? Like, like let's just say that they can steamroll through. So San Francisco on the road here, but certainly um, something to where they should be able to get their star players the ball. I don't see a problem getting Debo the ball. I don't see a problem. So really it's, it seems more as I think about it as Arizona is going to have to try to play catch up or keep up. Um, so from an offensive standpoint, they should score points trying to do that. But that's how we see it breaking down this week, guys. That's our reload segment. Hopefully that gives you guys a great idea of what we're looking at moving into this weekend. Now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our DFS fantasy football picks for the week. We'll go over cash game plays, tournament or GPP plays, and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. And finally, your DFS picks for this week. We'll go ahead and slam these out pretty quickly for you. Uh, Lamar Jackson, cash cash game first, guys. Lamar Jackson, if you want to pay up, $8,400. Or you do Dak Prescott, like like we mentioned earlier, $6,600. Lock that in. That's exactly where I'm going, okay? Wide receivers, cash game, $7,500. CeeDee Lamb, McLaurin, $5,900. Um, Brandon Cooks, $5,400. And then Devin DuVernay, $5K. That's where we're going as well. Guys, I explained this a little bit more on the... YouTube broadcasts, but um, 
I just had to re-record it for this, so it's why I'm just running through it. But Cole Komet, $4,100 cash game tight end. Foster Moreau, $3,700 on the back end there. Running backs, Dalvin Cook, 8K. Joe Mixon, $7,400 7, for our cash game running backs. And then Montgomery for the Bears, $6,100. Followed by Devin Singletary at 58K, great value. And then Brian Robinson, $5,300, great value. And then uh, as far as the tournaments go, we'll lean on three quarterbacks for our tournament play. Jalen Hurts, $8,200 at the top. And then Daniel Jones, $5,700. And then Davis Mills, $5,200. Uh, and again, Danny, Danny Jones, we're going to pair with Saquon Barkley, right? That's how we'll afford the both of them. But as far as wide receivers go for the tournament, Stefan Diggs, $8,300. Devontae Smith, $6,200. Van Jefferson, $4,500. Mac Hollins, $4,500. Nico Collins, $4,100. And then Virgil from uh, the Broncos, $3,200. And of course, you mix in those cash game wide outs with those you know, upside wide receivers there. And then for tight ends, Don Schultz, $4,300. And then Friar Muth, $4,200. And Hayden Hurst, salary saver at $3,500. Really like that play. And then for the running backs for tournaments, Saquon Barkley, $8,900. And then you play Chubb and Hunt together if you're going to do it in that run game. $8,200 for Chubb and $5,100 for Hunt. Play them together or don't do it. Uh, Ramon Stevenson, $6,700, standalone value. We like that play. Uh, Lions, Swift and Williams, play them together, $6,100 and $6K. Play them together or don't play. Uh, Foreman, $5,900, standalone value. And then Gibson, $5,600. And then the last play them together play is the Rams, Henderson and Akers. It's such a great spot against the Saints. Who knows if they'll capitalize, but let's go ahead and play them together, $5,200 and $4,400K. Defensive-wise, a couple of plays you could use this week, however you like, whatever slot you need. Price-wise, Ravens 4K, Eagles 3,900, Pats 3,700, Saints $3,000, Rams 2,900, and then the Steelers at 2,300 bucks. Guys, those are our picks for the week. Hopefully that helps you guys uh, have some success on the uh, DraftKings website this weekend. And uh, if you guys need anything, you know how to get in touch with me. But otherwise... We'll meet right back here next week to talk about how we did. Hopefully, you all crushed it. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.